Today's reading is taken from Mark, chapter 12. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, Which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, The first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the, God, the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is the one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared ask him any question. The Gospel of our Lord. Thank you, Joni, and dear friends, grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. If Jesus and his conversation partner, the scribe, are right, then our greatest challenge is to align our love of God with our love of neighbor. This is one of the few instances where an interaction between Jesus and a scribe or a religious authority ends with a level of mutual respect. Maybe it's because there was a common understanding of how these two commandments fit together, a common understanding of their foundational importance for Israel. Because scribes were experts on the law, it would have been easy for this particular scribe to challenge Jesus for having pulled these two commandments from two different parts of Scripture, thereby entering into a level of interpretation. It was more common for scribes, along with Pharisees, to try to entrap Jesus, to, to cause Jesus to stumble, to give them evidence but here he trusts Jesus' interpretation. He agrees with it. And perhaps he even wonders if Jesus is less of a threat than he had supposed. You are not far from the kingdom of God, Jesus says to the scribe. And I think most of us would be satisfied with such a declaration. On the way to the cross, there is a glimmer of hope. This is the only use of the word neighbor in Mark's gospel. And it's a quote from Leviticus. Neighbor suggests proximity. And this is true in all of scripture, as well as in our own experience with the word neighbor. In the Old Testament, a neighbor is also consistently portrayed of someone who ought to be valued, irrespective of circumstances. 
A neighbor was really anyone who was not a family member nor an enemy. So it's interesting to wonder what Luke was up to, another gospel writer, when he portrayed the Samaritan, a natural enemy of the Judeans, as a model of neighbor. The word neighbor has taken on an expansive meaning since the early church and throughout its history, even if we have to keep reminding ourselves of its importance. Alvin Rognes, who was the president for many years at Luther Seminary, once said, you can pray these words from the old Sunday school hymn. Come into my heart, come into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And when you do, Jesus will come. But when he comes, he will bring the whole world with him. These days, that won't be people who look simply like us or worship like us. Authentic worship, which we engage in regularly, is never far from the neighbor. Never far from the neighbor in the broadest sense. One of the shifts that is part of this whole missional church identity which Mount Olivet has embarked upon over the last few years and continues on this journey is that we understand God to be at work in the world in a variety of ways, among our neighbors. So engaging the neighbor is not about getting them to be like us or to do something for us, but to recognize that in, through, and around them, God is always at work. Our neighbor, however we define neighbor, is more than a potential recruit or the object of our charity or a potential friend even. The purpose of neighbor is not utilitarian, someone to get something from or the partner in a transaction. A neighbor is of intrinsic value. We may do business with our neighbor, we may campaign against our neighbor's candidate. We may not even like our neighbor, but we recognize their value in the eyes of God. My good friend and former pastoral colleague, Casey, tells the story of a group of Muslim people who were meeting in the church where she was serving as pastor in the Seattle area. They were using the building for a gathering of their own. Not long after the meeting, she got an invitation from a woman with whom she had been chatting that day. She and her husband were invited to a meal in this woman's home. It was actually a feast. Unbeknownst to Casey, the woman was a well-known chef. The purpose of this meal was for people of different faith backgrounds, Jews, Muslims, Catholics, evangelical Christians, and mainline Lutherans, all neighbors to each other, to interact around what mattered most to them, their faith, and really good food as well. During dessert, the hosts invited the people gathered to ask them any question they wanted to about their Muslim faith. They were very clear to say that they weren't experts, but they could share what their faith meant to them. Obviously, a deep and meaningful dialogue ensued as they listened. 
to each other. The purpose of this gathering was not to win anyone over. It was in no way a transaction, but had value just for what it was. How desperately our world needs to move beyond political nastiness and social media trolling into this kind of respectful listening and conversation. What would happen if we began to see this as one of the ways that we participate in God's mission in the world, that we would find value in being part of a movement of listening, of seeking to understand those who are different than we are, even if it's one conversation at a time. It's just that simple. And it's not simple at all. Because it's hard to move beyond what's comfortable. And there's no judgment here. It's hard for all of us. But it's worth holding this up as a possibility. One of the beautiful things about our Wednesday night faith talks here at Mount Olivet is that we've been able to hear about just these kinds of interactions in daily life, about these particular callings that each of us have in the world. The way that we will participate in what God is up to in the world, both formally and informally, as individuals and as community, is to keep gathering, to tell stories, and to keep asking how our stories and the stories of our neighbors intersect with God's unfolding story. Love of God, love of neighbor, and just a bit closer to the reign of God. Amen.